This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Do you know what this weekend is? This weekend? Yeah. It's Halloween when we hide behind masks. I know it's Halloween. Halloween fun is afoot. Happy Halloween to you too. It's just so childish. There are grown-up ways to enjoy Halloween. Well, we're not doing that. Well, we're not doing that. The boogeyman is coming. Ha ha, happy Halloween. And now, it's showtime. Happy motherfucking Friday! Oh, there it is. No Dave today, everyone. Sorry, I know he's popular on Fridays, but he is still recovering. He uh, is going to tell us eventually on his own time when he comes back why he was off. But today we have a lot of other things to wow you with. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, the difference between an injury and period blood. We're going to talk... (laughs) It's a crazy story. Uh, And I can't believe that happened in a relationship. It's not even injury, by the way, but we'll get into those details. Uh, we're going to try and figure out what the fuck the metaverse is. And let's start off with PETA. Those lunatics at the people for the ethical treatment of animals just don't know when to shut their mouth. You know, certain things people can get behind. I think generally speaking, none of us want to see animals treated unethically. And we know that some of them have to be slaughtered for food. And, and that's something that's been going on for a long time. You can feel about that however you want. But PETA keeps going rogue. They keep going extreme with such outrageous comments. Uh, This is kind of like a preview of what we can expect from our new environment minister. They want to ban the term bullpen from baseball. Now, Kat, why don't you explain why PETA has a problem with the term bullpen? Well, where the pitchers warm up. Yeah, I think I think most people know. Maybe you're just a baseball fan and you don't know this. I don't, I don't know. It's basically bullpen it was the term originally. I don't even know who had it first. I assume uh, that maybe it was the term for cows ready for slaughter. You're putting the bullpen before you're, you know, before you're hustled out and you go you know, whatever it is. I don't know how it works. Maybe you're just in a single file line, one at a time. Maybe it's a couple at a time. And then you get killed. I mean, we all know that animals have to be slaughtered for us to eat them. So the term for putting these animals in one spot before that happens is a bullpen. I didn't know that, but that's also the term for where pitchers warm up in baseball. They call it the bullpen because you're next up in line to come out and pitch. So what does PETA want us to change it to that would be more sensitive to the animals that are about to be slaughtered? Arm barn. Arm barn. Arm barn. So One of the dumbest <laughs> fucking ideas I've ever heard in my life. Why don't we change the name of where the cows go? Why are we changing baseball? So and I don't give a fuck about baseball. I just don't understand why you guys keep creating issues where there's not an issue. The, the, okay, so let's talk about this, how it works. So when it comes to baseball, maybe there's people who actually don't understand how baseball works. This is basically the place where they can warm up, right? 
Yeah. This is a warm-up zone, and I understand where they're coming from. Okay, you need the arm in, in order to do that job. <laughs> you need your arm to be warmed up. But arm barn, it sounds like a really shitty, white trash, sketchy-as-fuck place that you go to work out in, like, the most southern, weird part of town. Yeah. It, it, it's like uh, if a gym called itself the gun show. All right, fuck off. We're not calling it the arm barn. Come on either. down to the arm barn. Down and to the flex. arm barn. Get your reps in at the arm barn. <laughs> it's dumb. But you know, PETA, they do this, though. I think most people know. PETA has ideas all the time. And some of them catch on, and it's not because they're good. It's because they're stupid, like this. But they do it, you know it's on purpose, just to get their name out there. PETA doesn't often um, do a lot of promotional things, right? You don't see a lot of PETA advertisements. Every now and again, they'll get a celebrity. But just so you know, a lot of the time, I don't believe those celebrities even necessarily get paid for it. Now, there is money exchange at some point or something exchanged at some point. But sometimes they'll actually have a, a very popular vegans volunteer to do certain things for them just to bring awareness to PETA. And just to be clear, PETA has actually done some really great things. It's just that these ideas that come out, that's more of the PR stunty stuff that I can't stand. Like, let's get people talking. But look, Scott, it works. We're talking about it. Yeah, but not in a good way. I don't think anybody heard that and thought, you know, I need to donate more money to PETA. Yeah. Nobody did yeah. that. Yeah, it just makes people's eyes roll. And, and maybe that's part of their thing, too. They know that if for every, you know, ten, let's say 10 people that hear this story, there's going to be... Eight people who automatically roll their eyes. One person who's kind of on the fence. And maybe there's one person out of that 10 that's like, I hear what they're saying, though. And cows get slaughtered and that's sad. And maybe sure they would be willing to check out PETA's website and see what else is going on there. So even if it's that one in 10 shot, just as an example, throwing it out there, then maybe it's worth it for them. Well, we're talking about very, very questionable moves to put out there into the public realm. Let's talk a little bit about Mark Zuckerberg. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, the big announcement, Mark said, yeah, we're changing our name. We're going to rebrand because we're going to blaze the frontier of the next evolution of online connectivity, the metaverse. Here's Mark trying to explain, but doing a, just a cock-awful job of it. I believe the metaverse is the next chapter for the internet, and it's the next chapter for our company, too. We're a company that focuses on connecting people. Today, we are seen as a social media company. But in our DNA, we are a company that builds technology to connect people. And the metaverse is the next frontier, just like social networking was when we got started. I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. Our apps and their brands, they're not changing either. From now on, we're going to be metaverse first, not Facebook first. Well, it's probably a good idea because Facebook itself is not very popular <laughs> at the moment, Mark. <sighs> okay. I don't know if our elected leaders are afraid of Mark Zuckerberg or if they're making money off of this on the side, like under the table. But how many people need to come forward and say, this is harming people, this platform is rigging elections this platform is not good for for self-esteem this company is making money and profiting off of other people's suffering mm -hmm. how many marriages have ended because of facebook the list goes on they just had congressional testimony and they had parliamentary testimony in the uk 
at what point is somebody going to stand up and say, before you guys start fucking around with the metaverse, why don't you get the problem fixed with your actual platform? Yeah, see, and I think that that's the strategy of it, is this is their way to kind of pivot without pivoting, without pivoting. Keep in mind, they still make a ton of money. I mean, look at their stocks. They really haven't budged too much, even with all that shit going on. For businesses, I mean, there's people listening now who might have businesses on there. I mean, we even have a fan page on there. There, It still gets used. It still gets hits. It still brings awareness, whether it's a product or a business. People use it every day, all the time. So, yes, I agree with everything you're saying. It's sketchy as shit, but also it works for people. And Kevin O'Leary had a great rant. Now, keep in mind, he's a shareholder, so do with that what you will. But he had a great little rant on how people are saying, delete Facebook, but adding that it's helped so many small businesses and blah, blah, blah. And, and sure, oh, yeah. that's partially true. Mm-hmm. But is this not them changing it to meta, them talking about their next chapter, basically, while still keeping Facebook as Facebook, their next chapter and Instagram, their next chapter? This is kind of a way to pivot without pivoting. I mean, they've already started on this. I would say pivot, but they've already started on this. We know that behind the scenes, they've been working on these things. And maybe you're still confused and you're like, I have no fucking idea what you guys are talking about. What is a metaverse? So this is where I think that we're headed here. It is where your physical self and digital worlds come together. So basically, a representation of you would be on the other side of that. Currently, for example, over the last couple of years, we've all been very familiar with Microsoft Teams and Zoom and all that other shit that we've been able to manage our work life doing that in a safe place in our home. It's a virtual meeting. It's a virtual meeting. This would be that on steroids. It's a virtual world. Think Ready Player One. I don't know how many people have seen that movie. That is obviously violent and stuff like that. So take that out of the equation. But basically the same thing. You're coming home from work, or maybe this is your way going to work. You're putting, you're strapping on something. I'd imagine a goggle or something like that. You turn it on and you are, next thing you know, I'm in a room with you, for example. So you and I have a meeting. I'm set to go. Here I am, guys. I'm right here. But I can see you through this. Your avatar is what I see. But I hear your voice and we're having a conversation and we're having a meeting, but it feels like we're there. That is honestly, it's very futuristic and kind of fucky. Think Matrix too, right? Anything like that, a Sims world where it's an alternate reality, but they're saying this is real. You're going to be able to interact with people at work. You're going to be able to play and play with people on the other side of the world, whatever that might be. Meet with people on the other side of the world. Um, Go to concert. Never mind. Go to concert, Scott, is what they're saying that they hope that this brings out. Well, it'll be probably cheaper and less time sitting in traffic or on the TTC. Yeah. Trying on clothes? I mean, I have questions there. How do you try on a clothes with an avatar? I mean, if you make your avatar very realistic, I suppose you can maybe get sizing accurate. Uh, Anyway, I don't know all the the very, like, nitty-gritty details, but this is where it's headed. Let me ask you, can your avatar have sex with another avatar? Like, could I be at home in my living room in sweats, banging some, I don't know, hooker, UK model? Hooker? Or hooker, yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. Uh, It could. I'm not saying it will. Maybe. But would I feel it, or would my avatar feel it? Well, you would feel it in the sense that if you hear the noises and stuff, you'd probably enjoy it. I do like noises. You'd be on the other side jerking it, basically, to what was happening in your avatar screen. But how? So I jerk off to myself fucking a a hooker. That that's what this is. No, it's not what this is. Hang on, you just asked a random question. These not (laughs) they're not going to make it about this. Maybe there'll be a second chapter of it. We're talking that'll probably won't happen first. What they want to do is they want to appeal to businesses first. No doubt about it. They want to appeal to those companies who over COVID went, okay, well, we, we've been able to kind of make it work, but it's still nice to have those in-person meetings. Hey, maybe this is a nice alternative. Maybe you'll use meta something, whatever the fuck they're going to call it. That's just where 
that's where that technology is headed to. We're not saying that's going to happen tomorrow. They're not even saying it's going to happen anytime soon. But that's what those who really follow this are saying is going to happen. And that's where all the NFTs come into play. That's where all the Bitcoin may come into play. This is where it makes it easier to exchange this through some type of platform like a metaverse. So let me try and put a bow on this so people understand, because this has been very hard to follow. And it's not our fault. It's Facebook's fault for a very vague rollout. I mean, if you roll out something new and groundbreaking about a multi-billion dollar company, it shouldn't take a team of people days to explain what you meant. So Mark Zuckerberg is basically like the Wizard of Oz. He's standing there doing the whole uh, pay no attention to the man behind this curtain because he wants you to forget about all the Facebook shit right now and get you thinking about the metaverse. Right. And the metaverse would be kind of like what you said with Zoom or Teams. I'm here at my place. You're there at your place. But the two of us are meeting in person in this meeting room. And I can see you as if I'm in the same room as you. You can see me as if we're in the same room together. It's almost like a virtual reality kind of thing, but it's all done remotely from your home. Is my avatar similar to my Bitmoji? Because that really doesn't look that much like me. (laughs) I'm sure they'll come up with a whole new process for that that will make it more realistic. And listen, anybody... I just want to make it perfectly clear. Like we are not, I'm no, nowhere near a professional in that field. I think everybody knows. So if you do want to weigh in, feel free to shoot us a DM on Instagram because maybe you're really heavy into uh, a lot of, a lot of this kind of um, technology, or maybe you just have a lot of info on other things and you feel like you have heard other things. I'm curious to hear it. If you want to shoot us a DM about it, because I'm sure we'll be talking a bit more about it once more details are released. Of course, you know what it reminds me of? Back in like the 80s when they said, oh, by the year 2020, everyone's going to have a flying car. Right. That's kind of what I'm thinking here with the metaverse. Like it's all well and good for Mark to stand there on the 28th of October and say, soon you'll be in the metaverse. I'm wondering when we look back in 2030, will we be in the metaverse or are we still just going to be fucking around with regular Facebook? It's funny because I think it will still be an option. When you go back to, and I don't remember this time, maybe some people listening will, maybe they won't, but... When I'm sure when the internet was first introduced, like, guys, the internet is coming, and this was the early 90s, and you're going to be able to have it at your house. Some people probably thought that was a fad. You know, like, internet, what for? I can connect to other people, what for? And, and at that point, it was very minimal when the internet first came out. And then there were websites, and that was a big deal. And people, I'm sure at the time, were questioning it, like, this won't last. Look where we are now with that. We're so far out of that bullshit that... We're in a whole new level now. There's me- there's now there's a metaverse. Now you don't even have to go onto your computer. You have it at the at the touch of your fingers, and soon maybe you don't even need your phone for that. Like it, it's constantly evolving, of course. So I'm sure that there's a lot of questions now. But maybe this is something that in 20 years from now they'd look back on and be like, Yeah, remember when people were questioning what the metaverse was? That's funny. Maybe. I mean, you never know. Coming up, I I do want to ask a very important question on behalf of a woman who is wondering through Reddit if she's an asshole. We'll get to that coming up. But first, let's do a little bit of Doug stuff here because, well, we haven't shit on Doug in a while. Fuck you, Doug! (laughs) And to be honest, I'm not sure I'm going to hear either because I don't disagree with a lot of this. Number one, the Ontario government is going to create a law that guarantees workers have the right to wear a poppy during Remembrance Week. So basically what that means is the government via legislation is going to remind employers that we owe a debt of gratitude to those who served and serve our country. 
you have a right to wear a poppy unless it poses a safety hazard. Premier Ford said he was going to do this last November after Whole Foods announced that you have to wear only your basic uniform. No upgrades or enhancements, and that includes no poppies. Ford went off the deep end. I think a lot of people did because unless you understand the fabric of Canada and the history of the poppy and the whole story about Flanders Field, you might not appreciate how important that is. Mm -hmm. I think it's good that people will have the right, unless there's a safety concern, to wear a poppy at work. Yeah, I agree. You know what? It's funny. I'm ashamed to say I forgot about that. And I remember that being a big deal when we were talking about it. And I'm glad that it's being addressed now. (laughs) I think it's interesting that he used my MPP to roll out the legislation because they really have nothing for the fucking guy to do. But they're really trying to make him a star. I think they're afraid I'm going to run in this riding. Uh, Ontario has lifted most outdoor capacity requirements. Will you, by the way? You can't just you can't just continue on. Oh, I've got other plans. <laughs> That's not until May. Ontario has lifted most outdoor capacity limits. The province announced yesterday that there's going to be no limit on the number of people who can attend outdoor organized public events, such as Remembrance Day ceremonies, Santa Claus parades, and more. You know, I I didn't even realize that that was still restricted. But yes, let's talk about science for a second here, everyone. It's been a week since they took the capacity requirements off of indoor settings. They took indoor requirements off before outdoor (laughs) because science. Haven't we been hearing for a year now? Outdoors is great. Outdoors is good. You want to be outdoors as much as possible. I don't think we have many scenarios where uh, we're outside for such a long period of time than a parade, but here we are. The problem now is they waited so long to make this announcement that a lot of cities, including Kitchener, Toronto, and more, have already changed their parade to accommodate when there was restrictions. Uh, In Kitchener, for example, they're doing a reverse parade. Mm -hmm. So the parade stays still. You drive by it in your car. Okay. They didn't need to do that, though. I mean... If the province could have at least given the municipalities a heads up, hey, just so you know, we're going to drop that requirement at the beginning of November. Then cities could have thought, okay, sure, then we'll just do a regular parade. Right. But now it's too late for a lot of them to pivot. And I know that's disappointing for some, but God willing, this is the last time we're going to have to deal with restrictions on an outdoor event. The province also says they won't be adding any COVID vaccination requirements to the list of immunizations that students are required to have to attend school. I read a comment on uh, the premier tweeted that out that they were sorry. No, somebody tweeted it out. It might have been the, the chief medical officer himself. Somebody tweeted it out and a parent pointed out. And I don't know how much truth there is to it. Why would my kid in elementary school need to be required need to be required to be vaccinated against an STD, but they wouldn't be required to be vaccinated against COVID. Hmm. They were talking about HPV, the sure. HPV vaccine. Yeah. I don't... I think that this is probably a red herring. It's very misleading when they say, nah, we're not adding COVID as uh, one of the vaccinations that you need to have to go to school. I, I'm waiting for the yet or... Yes. Right now. It's going to be a yet. It's gonna, I, it's I have to think that come September, if co- unless COVID has miraculously been eradicated from the globe, I have to think that come next September, it's going to be a requirement that you need to have the COVID vaccine. 
They just don't want to tell people that before it's even approved and scare the shit out yes. of parents and start the fighting now. Because why? Because why? And especially if it maybe doesn't even need to be your party that gives that announcement. It's going to be whoever's in power in the summertime that has to make that announcement, too. Consider that. And you don't want to piss people off. Maybe it'll be teachers that'll be pissed. Maybe it'll be students. Maybe it'll be parents of the students with whatever decision that they make if they say they're going to make it now. I'm kind of grateful they're not going to make any quick decisions. We're doing okay. I don't know if anyone's noticed, but right now... Really well. We're we're real good. We're chill. And and this is with no approval for Vaccine 5 Plus. The, the schools are... Everybody's doing so, so good. And I know cold and flu season is around the corner, and that's going to be another bitch all on its own. Not looking forward to that time at all. But we're doing all right. So if we're okay and we're on like this chill level right now, why stir the pot? Why bother? Mm. You know, let's let's reassess in the spring. And I think that everybody will agree to that. Go ahead and reassess in the spring. And maybe it'll go one way. Maybe it'll go the other. Maybe they will say, absolutely, vaccines have to be in, in all arms who attend school in person as of, you know, whatever, August, who want to attend in September. Maybe it will go the opposite way where they're like, eh, we're chill. We're good. Still not a requirement, and they'll continue moving on. We don't know what the future has in store, neither do they. Why stir the pot if you don't have to? One more thing on this, and then we're going to move on to the Am I an Asshole thread. The College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario has suspended the license of a doctor in Owen Sound who had already been barred from issuing medical exemptions to the COVID vaccine. The college says it suspended the certificate of registration for Dr. Rochang Killian an interim decision that she is able to appeal if she chooses. They say the move was made under legislation that allows it to issue such orders where there is evidence to support that patients would otherwise be exposed to risk of harm or injury. Okay, a couple of things here. There's a bit to unpack. Number one, I think generally speaking, most people are aware that there is some doctor out there somewhere, maybe even not far from you, that will write you a note for whatever you want. The mm-hmm. amount of people that will go to a doctor and say things like, uh, uh, I don't really want to work in this particular position, so give me a note to get out of it. And then the workplaces have to accommodate. Doctors will write notes for just about anything. Some of them will. And there's been doctors that have been writing exemptions from the mask mandate. There's doctors, clearly, who are writing exemptions from being vaccinated. Well, we'd already heard that there's very, very, very few true medical exemptions from getting the vaccine. So how does this doctor keep pumping out these exemptions for people? Yep. Good question. And I don't know if the doctor giving these exemptions is legit or not. That's a medical thing between the patient and the client. But one thing I will say is whether it's COVID or not, I feel like somebody needs to be auditing the doctor's notes that get written. And I'm not talking about the doctor's notes like, oh, such and such got in a car accident. I believe they have whiplash. They should be on light duty at work for a little while. Not those ones. There's obviously an injury. But there's a lot of people who are going in with some pretty random excuses. And they're getting accommodated greatly. Mm-hmm. And that's concerning for a lot of employers and coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt to ask. I mean, I've mentioned it before on, on the show that my sister, being a nurse practitioner, she has, she, can, she has the ability to write scripts and write people off work. 
She gets asked all the time. She, it, she says no, <laughs> mind you. She says no, which she knows full well. You're, you, you can't be exempt from this, that, or the next thing. I can, there's no way I can prove that. But others, I guess, are quick to do it. Now, I'm not sure if that's because the, the repercussion isn't strong enough. I really wouldn't begin to know. But I can tell you that even if you see that number, that amount of people getting by, there's a much greater number trying, <laughs> much yeah. greater number. Sure. And from this, I think that probably the excuse they used here is going to be the issue. Should the doctor decide they do want to appeal this decision, the orders can be issued to revoke a license there where there is evidence to support that patients would otherwise be exposed to risk of harm or injury. I mean, if I'm that doctor and I'm going to guess that this doctor is not a fan of the vaccinations or the mandates, I'm going to guess they're not, and I have to think that if they decide to appeal it, they're going to ask the College of Physicians and Surgeons to explain what is the risk of harm or injury here if they're exempt from the vaccination. And I don't know how they're going to answer that, to be perfectly honest with you. Given everything we know so far, that yeah, it minimizes your chances of getting seriously ill, but you can still get seriously ill. There's dozens of people in the ER, sorry, in the ICU right now that are fully vaccinated. And uh, maybe it's not a huge percentage of the population, but there's actual people that are in the ICU that are fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure how the college is going to make that argument, but I'm curious to see what happens with Dr. Killian, who has had their medical license suspended. Mm -hmm. Let's go to this Reddit thread here, because I'm curious to get your take on this. A woman says her husband made her feel gross about bleeding after giving birth. So she went to the Am I an Asshole forum on Reddit, and she explained that she had an argument with her husband over how she disposes of her sanitary towels and the bleeding she was experiencing. That led to a fight. So let me read you the post. I'm a housewife. My husband works a 9-to-5, so I take care of the house all day, the laundry, the dishes, our kids, etc., I just had a baby and I'm still bleeding. I cannot wear tampons because I have a tilted cervix. So I wear pads. When I change my pad, I wrap it in toilet paper and usually the wrapper that the other one came in, but sometimes just the toilet tissue. My husband told me it's really gross when he goes to the bathroom and can see a bloody tissue and that my pad is is too exposed, and he doesn't need to see that. First off, really, dude? But anyway, we got in a fight about it, with him telling me it's disgusting to see the blood, no one needs to know that I'm on my period. By the way, I'm not on my period, I'm bleeding from birthing a baby. So the woman decided, you know what? Fuck him. I'm going to get back at him. So she slammed him for having stains in his boxer shorts and underwear, (laughs) which she also found unpleasant to deal with. She said, I told him I would start disposing of my pads the way he wants when he learns how to wipe his butt better and I don't have to scrub shit stains out of his underwear. He told me I was out of line. And has been sleeping in the guest room for the last couple of nights. Come on, you fucking loser. Am I an asshole is the question that she would like strangers to weigh in on. Mm -hmm. Okay. You want me to go here? 
You go right ahead because I know my role in this situation. And frankly, I am not as well equipped as you are to talk about it. it Although may- I will talk to guys when you're done. It may be educational for some, particularly for men and even for some women who've never had a baby. So let's start from scratch here. When you're disposing of any kind of menstrual product, I mean, it is kind of a polite thing to do to do exactly what you said. You know, you wrap it up, you do what you have to do uh, in toilet paper or whatever when you dispose of it in the garbage because you, sh- you can't flush that shit down the toilet. Don't do that. So you have to dispose of it properly. So in maybe some cases, I don't know if this is the case. It seems like he was complaining because he could see some of the blood that was coming out. So, yeah, you know, you do your best to hide that. This is a woman who just gave birth, and that changes the story entirely. For those that do not understand how this works, and this is the shit that they usually hide from people because who wants to hear about it? Even a lot of women who give birth afterward, they go, what's happening here? They didn't even learn about it. There are so many things that are hidden from what happens to your body after you give birth. It's unbelievable. You bleed for a long time, for a while. You know, usually for some people it lasts a week. For some people it will last 15 days, maybe even longer, although you got to see a doctor after a certain amount of time because it's very unusual. This is not from having a birth and being injured, okay? That is not the case. This is coming from your uterus. This is how your body gets rid of the extra blood and tissue, and this might be hard for some people to hear. I don't give a shit. That's how you were made, by the way. This is how you came into life, whether you like it or not. It's how your body gets rid of the extra blood, the tissue that helped your baby grow. There's a lot of extra shit in there that needs, it, it can't stay in there. It doesn't go up. It's got to come down and it's got to come out. And that why happens. Why don't they just scoop it out after the baby comes out? Like when you got a pumpkin, why don't they just scrape it all out? Yeah. Easy peasy, right? <laughs> um, well, I mean, and here's, and here's a great myth that I heard. I had two C-sections. Okay. So I never had a vaginal birth and I heard, this was the myth. This was a rumor that won't happen to you because you're having a C-section. They clean you out real good because they've got your uterus wide open. I'm like, Fucking A, that's great news. Not the case. It continues to build up after the baby is born. Your body doesn't just turn off. That's why you'll see people sometimes look very pregnant after the baby already came for a while. That Your body doesn't just snap out of it. It's not like that. It's not like, oh, I sneezed, the baby came out, my body's back to normal. You know, that is not it. And some people would like to be so naive as to think that that's how it should work. It's not. And women's bodies take a long time to adjust back to normal. For some people, it takes as long as the baby was created in your body, nine months, in order for it to feel a little more normal. And it all depends on your situation, that said, right? Some people have to have surgeries after the baby's born for for multiple different reasons. A C-section takes a long time to recover. There's different, everybody's so different. But no matter what, you bleed after it. So all of that said, guys, this is not something that this woman could control. She continued to bleed like you do after you have a baby. And, and sometimes, by the way, it's brutal. Like, again, this is stuff that people don't really talk about. But it's, it's, sometimes it comes out in clots and balls. Huge, huge bits and pieces. And, like a and blood it's, ball? Yeah, yeah, it's clots. Yes. Sometimes it comes out that way. Um, and, and, and some things are normal and some things are not. But and then that's up to your doctor and you to figure out what's normal and what's not normal. But this is what happens after you have a baby. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to know about it. But anyway, so this douche nozzle has no fucking concept of that, clearly, and no sympathy toward a woman who gave birth to his baby. So all in all, he's already a bit of a doucher. You do have the control over whether your ass is wiped properly or not. So there is where I give her extra points because he can control that. And the fact that he thought that that was over the line, like, oh, you've crossed the line with me, lady. I'll sleep in the guest room. I'd be like, you know what? Sleep in another fucking house. Like, get out of here. I, I, I couldn't even imagine being with a partner 
And I, you don't even have to be knees deep in this situation, guys. If let's say this is a, a man and a woman situation, the woman just gave birth, you don't need to know every detail. We don't expect that of you to ask questions about how we're bleeding that day. Unless there's a situation happening, we'll usually avoid talking about it too. We're like, we can, if we can control it, if we can handle it all on our own, we don't need to give you the gory little details. But you being there for your partner who just brought a baby of yours into the world, you not having sympathy, you not checking in on them, helping them any way you can, you're a massive piece of shit, if that's the case. And I'm done. Okay, all right. I mean, I don't disagree with any of you or anything you said. But one thing I do want to say is this guy who apparently won't even do his own fucking laundry and leave shit stains in his underwear. I, I don't know what is wrong with your asshole, but that's also not normal as an adult. You need to do a much better job wiping. I might recommend some uh, wet wipes. Uh, the disposable kind could help you. But if you throw your underwear regularly into the laundry basket and there's visible shit, you're doing something wrong. Something's up there. But anyway, let's come back to the topic at hand. Guys, I, I do understand because I'm kind of the same way. I don't like bodily fluids. I didn't even like, I did it, but I didn't even like let, holding the Kleenex when my kids used to blow their nose when they were younger. <laughs> like, I don't like any flu. Well, yeah. there's some fluids, but very few fluids that come out of a body do I enjoy. When it comes to blood and, and period blood in particular, when a woman is menstruating, if you're one of those guys who would go to your partner and say, I don't like the way you dispose of your tampons. Nobody needs to know when you're on your period and blah, blah, blah. And it's in your bathroom, by the way. So it's probably just you that would know. You need to, as a couple, acknowledge the fact that you're a couple and what affects one affects the other. And you, my friend, now he's not even my friend. This guy's a piece of shit. You need to stop being a dick and throwing up obstacles for your wife, who's already going well above and beyond to take care of your sorry ass, but you need to be supportive. This is a perfectly natural fact of life. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Suck it up, asshole. You don't like blood? Okay. Stop looking in the garbage in your bathroom. (laughs) Like, what the fuck were you doing in there anyway? And, I will, I will add one little thing to this. I will add one little thing because I don't believe it's the case with this particular story. But I can tell you, having ventured into many women's public bathrooms through the years, there are some absolute pigs out there. So we are not naive to that fact either. We know that, yes, even women can be kind of gross. I've seen wide open pads sitting on a public bathroom floor when there is a garbage available to, to put it in. I don't know who these people are that do this. I do know on some occasions there's people doing that, but we all need to do our part. And as long as we can be, you know, as tidy as possible, depending on our situation and keep because she just had a baby who knows her mobility situation. Like we don't really know, but as long as we cannot be, you know, straight up pigs, not giving a shit where we're throwing our used tampons and pads. And on the other end of things, you keep that, you keep your fucking mouth shut about shit like that. And, And honestly, maybe educate yourself a little bit. Then I think we'll all be able to get along. Well, the problem I think here is he is just not doing the very common basic thing of putting yourself in someone else's shoes. I'm sure this isn't a great big fucking party for her either, asshole. But either way, this is, a, like I said, a natural fact of life. And you've got to get behind it. You've got to be part of the solution here. You don't go and argue about where she disposes of them. 
be supportive, you prick. Why don't you ask her, can I do anything for you? Can I help you in any way? Why don't you try and be part of the solution instead of making this an issue in your relationship? Fight about money like normal couples. Don't fight over something stupid like this, which again is perfectly natural and normal. You're on the wrong side of this. And uh, did you have a, a, she had a baby apparently. Was it a girl? Are you really ready to be the father of a girl when you think it's gross about menstruation? What are you going to do when your daughter comes to you and says, I need to talk to you. And it's about something like that. Because I'd like to think you're the kind of guy or any dad would be the kind of guy who think, okay, let's deal with this. I'm going to go and get you some products and we're going to, we'll do whatever we have to do to make this better for you. Or do you want to be an asshole and say, ah, gross. I don't want to hear about it. Don't be that guy. Be a good guy. Be a good guy and be supportive. And again, figure out your asshole problem. Why are you putting shit stained underwear in the laundry? How does that happen as an adult? God damn it. How does that happen as an adult? I really don't understand. I, I, I take my underwear off at least once a day. No shit. I don't know. I, I could, I, I, it's You're a mystery. fucking animal? It's a mystery. <laughs> <sighs> Jeez. Uh, oh, shit. We're running low on time here. Okay, let me just do a couple of very, very quick things before we wrap it up for the Halloween weekend. Uh, Some people I know are probably listening to this on Halloween Eve while their kids are trick-or-treating. If you are, thank you. If you didn't, you should have brought a traveler. Makes trick-or-treating so much better as a parent. One in five people would live in a home where an actual murder has taken place. Mm-hmm. As long as it's been thoroughly cleaned. Mm. Well, with, with, really? with the situation we're in now. Okay, so we know you got a house this week. Awesome. But let's say that you were still struggling to find that place. And you saw this place. That was just beautiful, Scott. The nicest place you've seen so far that you put an offer in on. And it's $500,000 less. But then you find out, oh, someone was murdered. You're telling me you wouldn't take that house? A lot of people would. I would. Now, the least they can do is thoroughly clean it. But I don't know, Kat. There's something about that. I mean, it's one thing if somebody dies in the house. Okay, that's, again, a fact of life. It's something completely different when someone got murdered in it. Well, here, how about this? I would need to, I would want to know the backstory. I would want to know that this was someone who was not an immediate threat to me or my family, obviously. Did the person get caught? Who did the murdering? (laughs) Like, was it a random situation? Because if so, yeah, fuck that, I'm out. Because maybe they'll come back for more and they think somebody who's related to that person is living there. I don't know. I don't know the backstory. But if it was, I mean, if it was a situation where this was a targeted attack and it was like a, you know, a one-timer, like a domestic dispute gone horrible, eh, maybe. <laughs> it's a maybe. They surveyed 2,500 people as part of this. 30% said they would be willing to live in a home that they knew had a ghost in it. As long as the ghost was friendly. What, what does a friendly ghost do? And what's the difference between the friendly ones and the mean ones? How do you know you've got a friendly ghost living in your house? Right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, first of all, you wouldn't hear the haunting sounds and things like that or feel scared or chilled. Or Are they quieter when they're friendly? Yeah. Like, you know, maybe, maybe you're coming out of the shower. You're like, oh, shit, I forgot a towel. Then all of a sudden, oh, wait. The towel just appeared. This is a friendly ghost. Thanks, uh, ghost. You know, maybe they're going to help you out and, and, you know, chop up some veggies so you don't have to do it. And you're going to come home from work and, oh, the veggies are prepped. Hey, ghost, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. You know, that, that's a friendly ghost. 
okay, all right. I just don't understand how you find out they're friendly until you actually move into the house. And by then, it's too late. I think there's a vibe you get. Like, anyone who's had any kind of encounter will tell you that there's a vibe they got. And maybe it was chilling. Maybe they felt like it was a family member that had passed on. And maybe they just felt like it was a spirit, like a good spirit, not a bad spirit. You could, apparently, it's a feeling you get. That's how you can actually tell. 17% say they would live in a house that they knew was haunted. 17%. However, that jumps up to 46% if they get a deal on the house. <laughs> Sure, you don't get in a bidding war and pay over asking for a haunted house, but if it's a good deal, you can look the other way on a few things, can't you? That's how bad the real estate that's market a, is right now. People will move I'm, into a goddamn haunted house if, if you, it's cheaper. If you have a house, and you know you have to disclose this legally, if you have a house that somebody was killed or, or died in, doesn't matter, now's the time to sell it. Let's be real. Now's yeah. the time. You don't even have to question that. No one's going to give a shit. I just want the house. People are desperate. Kat. Desperate. Desperate. One more. Let me get your, your take on this. All right. Make it quick. I got things to do. Could you or would you ever live next to a cemetery? No, never. I wouldn't. Me either. I still hold my breath when I drive by one. I'm not, uh, I'm not, I couldn't live next to a cemetery, but 30% of people say they absolutely would if the house was cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> See? Money, money, money. Money. What are you in such a fucking hurry for? What are you doing today? I don't know. I just am having shit delivered. I got to say, I got to go. I don't want it to be sitting on my driveway and someone taking my shit. That's a good plan. Uh, and you are celebrating your anniversary tomorrow. I forgot yes. your anniversary was yesterday. Yeah. I'm sorry. Happy belated. You should be. I was up all night wondering, why didn't Scott wish me a happy anniversary? Uh, no, thank you very much. Yes, um, we are celebrating 16 years together as of yesterday and, and seven years since... The wedding in Vegas, and ugh, it's been so long since I've been That was seven there. years ago? I know. I what know. the fuck? I know. So, yeah, we're the parents are taking the kids tomorrow night, and uh, yeah. Oh, we're gonna, I know what's going to happen there. We're going to, well, that doesn't, we, yeah, it's fine. I, it's going to be a good time. We actually get oh. to leave the house is the thing, though, now, right? Ooh. Which is nice. So, yeah, we're going to do a little bar hopping and get some dinner, maybe casino. I don't know yet. We'll see. Are you going back to your home? Or are you staying out in a hotel? No, I'm not going to stay at a hotel uh, because the house we have the house to ourselves. Right. Yeah. Well, enjoy that hangover on Sunday. Thank you. I know. Just <laughs> in time for Halloween and another party I have to go to after that. So, yay! Happy, happy Halloween, everybody! Have yourselves a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode of After Nine. Mark Zuckerberg finally revealed the new name of Facebook. I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. Meta, as in uh, when I joined Facebook, I met a lot of crazy people. According to a new survey, 19% of Americans said they rely on their body's internal clock to wake them up at a certain time. Oh, yeah, there's a term for those people. What is it again? Uh, Oh, yeah, late. A lot of costume no-nos nowadays, especially when it comes to cultural appropriation. Here's how it goes. Don't wear a sari if you're not Indian. Don't go in a kimono if you're not Japanese. Don't put on dental floss underwear if you're not a Kardashian. Use your head. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. <laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.